Hello, my conservation friends, and welcome to another Breve episode where I interview inspiring artists who use their gifts to communicate the beauty of this incredible planet we live on. One of the best parts of hosting a podcast is talking to completely magical people, and today's guest is absolutely no exception. I am joined by Corey Janiak of Ebb and Flow Glass. I am Corey Janiak, and I am a stained glass artist. To chat about her work as a stained glass artist, her process, and how to cultivate both joy and boundaries in spite of a faceless algorithm and the continual dumpster fire that is social media. I found Corey through her Instagram on a whim one day and immediately commissioned her to do a humpback whale piece for Mother's Day. Her work is both physically and metaphorically infused with light. As an artist myself, chatting with her was like the first plunge off the dive boat, completely invigorating and awe-inspiring. And whether you consider yourself an artist or not, I hope her words fill you with both joy and hope. And maybe you'll adopt her morning mantra too. I know I sure did. All right, let's dive in. And of course, we're starting with the most important questions. First of all, how are you doing this morning? I'm awake and caffeinated. (laughs) I've been up since... That is the correct response. (laughs) Yeah. I've been up since like a little after five. My son woke me up. And so uh, I got him back to sleep, but I was able to um, get some work done because I couldn't get back to sleep. (laughs) That's, That's rough. What is your favorite coffee? My favorite coffee is any coffee that has oat milk in it. Fair enough. And then what is your favorite animal? That's a hard one because I think I have like a top five, but not like a top one. Top five is totally fine. Um, I really love mola molas and hammerhead sharks. Gosh, I have manta rays. Uh, maybe top three. <laughs> so your entire page is mostly ocean inspired. So I want to know what inspired your love for the ocean? Um, I want to say when I was a kid, we would go camping. I grew up in California and uh, we would go camping up in the Redwoods and up on the the California coastline and the Oregon coastline. My favorite thing was the tide pools. And I would have these little like laminated field guides, the little max field guides. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They sometimes have Mm -hmm. like ones for fishing and ones for, I don't know, intertidal creatures. Like I had those and like I studied them like so seriously. Like I just loved them so much. And it was like, I would like almost go to sleep with it because I loved it so much. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I just really liked that. And when I went off to college, I started as a marine biology major. I switched to botany and then I decided to just a double major (laughs) because I love seaweed. (laughs) Um, I fell in love with seaweed during that time. So yeah, I have like a marine biology and a botany degree and so like seaweed is just like my my jam (laughs) what uh, what's your favorite kind of seaweed I am particular to large kelps but I mean like they're just really pretty and they're so big and there's one that's in southern California an elkhorn kelp and one of these days I'm going to make a stained glass panel of that it's kind of esoteric but it's I just love it so much so um, I'm gonna make it no matter what (laughs) What inspired you to start your business? I was a photographer recently before that, and I closed my business during the pandemic, and I just felt like this need to continue to create, and I just didn't know what my outlet would be. And I saw a, a story when my friends posted a stained glass in their stories, and it was just like this beautiful, dichroic glass, and I was like, whoa, is that what stained glass looks like these days? And I was like, I can do that. I can do that. And so I, um, I just researched for like a month or two months and I just filled up and 
cover to cover, a sketchbook of all the things I could think of that I wanted to make. And I wrote a list of all the things I needed to make. And once I knew how to do everything, like seriously, like I studied it, like in my sleep, I, I would go for runs and pretend to cut glass. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to cut glass when I know when I get the tools. <laughs> and like, you'd see me running with like my hand, like trying to cut glass <laughs> like down the street. Like I knew, I just, I just knew it was for me and I just invested in the stuff and I haven't turned around. So there's the creative outlet that I had been waiting for, I guess, for my entire life. Your Instagram kind of blew up over like a month or two. Cause I think I found you and you had like, I think a thousand followers when I found you. And now you're, you're way up there now, which is awesome, <laughs> especially with how cranky the Instagram algorithm is. So congratulations for beating the stupid technological ag- algorithm at like so many of us. I feel like it was the humpback mom and calf piece that I made. And like, after that, like people found me easier, I guess. But like it's a beautiful piece. Thank you. Like I made <laughs> I made one and then like uh I got a lot of custom orders. I probably have made like, I don't know, almost twenty since then because it's so popular. Wow. Oh, it's one of my favorite designs. I mean, obviously I bought it, but you know, <laughs> it's one of my favorites and I love I love, love, love it. And I hope you are prepared for Mother's Day again because I have a feeling that one's gonna be mm, yep. popular. <laughs> I am going to offer those as a pre order and I have a new pattern I'm going to add to or new design I'm gonna add to the um the Ocean Mothers series this year, and it's going to be. I love it. Is, is it is it like secret or can you I can it? tell you? I can tell you. I haven't drawn it out, but I have it in my head. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a sea otter and a and a pup with her with a pup on our chest. <laughs> Rest in peace, all all of your free time. <laughs> yeah, add that to my top five favorite animals. I love sea otters. I got you. They they live in kelp, but like they just like they 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 sleep in it. It's their pillow. It's their blanket. So when it comes to stained glass, you kind of just like, I'm doing this, which I respect that attitude. Love that. Um, So what's your process like? And how do you choose what to make? Does the muse just speak to you? And you're like, I must do this. Otherwise, I I cannot go forward. And then how much time does it take for a stained glass piece? Some things I plan out. Like like earlier this week, I had my calendar out for the year. And I kind of like, okay, I'm going to make some things that are like this theme and you know, like a season comes along like Halloween and I was like, I, I know I have to make something for Halloween, but I'm not going to make like a pumpkin or something, you know, I'm going to, I want something like ocean. So I did um vampire squid. Yes. <laughs> so I did a vampire Love squid. It. That was really fun. So sometimes it's like themes and like, I, that's, that makes sense, but I have to remember to make things before the day, <laughs> you know, like, and then sometimes like something will strike me. Oh, um, I have these little like, chill pill waves and like, I just, I saw like a sketch that I had and I was like, I need to make that. And the next thing I knew I had like seven of them like finished and it was, I had, I just had to do it. Like, I don't know where time went between when that started and ended, (laughs) but I really enjoyed it. It takes a long time to, to do these for me. I make a sketch like in my sketchbook and then I scan it and it's usually like a thumbnail, like super tiny. And then Mm -hmm. I scan it and um, digitize it in Adobe Illustrator. I print out three copies. So I have one for cutting the pattern out. I have one for storing the pattern in that I put the glass on. And then I have one for next to my grinder, which gets really gross. Or you trace on the glass, you cut the glass, you grind the glass because you can never cut it just perfect unless you just do straight lines. And I'm not straight line kind of person. I don't, there's no, I don't think there's a straight line in anything I do. And then you foil the glass. And I'm, for, ah. for people listening, I'm showing her a bunch of <laughs> copper foil. <laughs> and then you go and solder it. And then... 
after you solder, you clean it and then you polish it and then you're done. Well, then you have to polish it off. So like that takes a long time. There's like, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 steps and then you learn a new skill and you're like, okay, now it's 31 steps. And then you learn another skill and then it's like 32 (laughs) steps. But everything that you learn, like uh, I've learned um, because I'm self-taught, like I just learned through like watching people or whatever. Everything I've learned improves the final product. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess it'll be 39 million steps. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) What is your least favorite step of the entire process? You're like, oh gosh, I have to do this again. You know what? I don't, I don't really have one. I have like more favorite ones. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people complain about like certain, like they don't like to grind or um, certain things. I like all of the steps because I just enjoy the process so much. Like I'm a positive person. So I'm like, if I don't Mm -hmm. like a part of this step, this step, like I'm not going to like what I make kind of thing. Like, so I always put positivity Mm -hmm. into what I do. So I'm just, if somebody starts like complaining or around me because I got kids, you know, or neighbors, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I'm just like, okay, I'm going to stop because I'm not feeling the joy. (laughs) You know, like if I'm grumpy. Yeah. So like I like guard my joy very like ferociously when it comes to this. Like, so when you get a piece that's made, you know, like, there was only joy put into that. Like, I don't, I'm not like having negative thoughts or anything. Like if I'm like grumpy, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go do something. I'll fold laundry or something. <laughs> I That's actually a wonderful piece of life advice. <laughs> I want to explore this positive attitude you have because I love it. <sighs> and one of the frustrations that has been continual with all of the artists that I have talked to is actually a lot of artists are losing their joy in their work. And it's because we've encountered, a, I guess, a different sort of how artists market themselves, kind of going back to what I was talking about. We're like, oh, we push the boundary just a little bit to help pay bills. A, a lot of the artists that I've talked to are just, they're frustrated with the Instagram algorithm. They're frustrated with trying to reach audiences. They're, they're frustrated with trying to stay authentic. So what advice would you give your fellow artists in maintaining that joy and cultivating that joy and protecting that joy? I kind of ignore that stuff. <laughs> maybe maybe like I'm in my own bubble but like I know that like if I'm like if I'm focusing on numbers and I'm focusing on engagement Mm -hmm. like I know that like I'm not putting my energy where it needs to be my energy needs to be you know focusing on making stuff like enjoying Mm -hmm. myself I'm at the point in my life like I think there I had like this epiphany and I told my husband like in between like ending my photography and finding stained glass I'm like I'm at the point in my life where I can find anything I want to do you know, like I can find something that I can work at home and I can make money. I don't have to like go apply for another grant or, you know, like I don't have to go to school, back to school or anything. Like I feel like for me, I do a lot of like positive like imagery and Mm -hmm. affirmations. So I start every morning, you know, I have kids. So like I start the day and the first things that like come into my mind are I am am peaceful. I am patient. My words and my actions are kind. And then the next thing brings a smile to my face. And I say, I create with joy and abundance follows. And so like, those are my personal affirmations. And Mm -hmm. if like I do a shop drop and things don't go at all, like I create with joy and abundance follows. I just tell myself that and let it be. So like, I I guess I'm, I just, I ebb and flow. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love it. No, that's fantastic. I love that so much. I, I do think that there is that element of being an artist in this kind of world we live in where that ability to ebb and flow, if you will, is (laughs) we're told we can't have that, but it's part of the creative process. So I think hearing that as a reminder is so important. So thank you for sharing that. I truly appreciate it. As artists, and I know it doesn't happen to every artist, but since 
you in, inject a ton of joy into your work. Do you ever run into the problem or have you run in, into this problem in the past where your hobby all of a sudden becomes your job and then you start to resent it? Has that ever been like a, like an, oh, this is almost happening. And if it isn't thing that's almost happening, how do you stop it? I had that happen actually, but not with stained glass. Um, I was a photographer for, I don't know, like I got my first camera when I was really little. I was always a photographer and every job I had, I managed to be like the photographer for that job. Like even working on like boats out in the ocean, I'm taking pictures of seaweed and I'm making a collection for you guys. So you know what the species are. So like I was always a photographer. And then when I had kids, I, I stopped working in marine biology and I, I started working as a photographer, which I thought would be awesome. And I, I totally burnt out because I'd been doing it all my whole life and um, people didn't want the things that I was offering. Mm-hmm. So when I started in St. Glass, like I, knew where that line was and I knew that Mm -hmm. I was only going to do what I wanted to do. And if people don't like it, Mm -hmm. then that's fine because I'm doing what I like. And I think that also like makes sure that I'm doing, like when I'm putting things out, like I'm not doing it for what people want. I'm doing it because it's what I want. You know, like I, I I don't want to burn out. It's authentic. Yes. There we go. Yeah. It's very authentic. And I think there is always a danger of doing art for a living where you're like, oh crap, I have bills to pay. I guess this month I will just move that boundary just a centimeter over here. And then before you know it, you're like three feet from your own boundary. And now you're just pumping out stuff just to make money. And then you run into that issue of, oh, I'm burnt out or, oh, I hate this. And then the one thing that did bring you joy is now the one thing that makes you literally hate everything in life. (laughs) So that's really good advice, especially the protecting your joy. And I can tell that this brings you a ton of joy. Your work is joyous. And I love that. And I think this maybe this, this next question kind of ties into protecting your, your joy and, you know, your process, but what are the difficulties that you have encountered with stained glass, whether it be running the business or coming up with ideas or again, protecting that joy? Um, I think bookkeeping is probably the hardest thing for me. That's fair. (laughs) Because, you know, like one of the things that allowed me to pursue this was that both my kids are now in school full time. And so like when they're away, this is me time. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, you get to play with glass. I'm so excited. (laughs) Like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm going to foil. I'm going to cut. And none of me wants to sit down and like enter in receipts. (laughs) Um, Amen, sister. (laughs) So like sometimes it gets away from me. But I do, I really like numbers and spreadsheets. So I don't know why, like I, I like stained glass more than spreadsheets, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's some more positive thing. What are some <laughs> successes that you want to celebrate with your business? Oh, um, I don't, you know what, actually, um, I'm really proud that I've been able to be like sustainable with my packaging. My neighbors and my friends have pretty much, and then, you know, like ordering things that I need supply-wise have pretty much provided me with all the packing I need. So I don't have to order anything. I don't have to add more plastic out to the world. I'm just reusing what I have. And I've been, um, I've switched to paper tape instead of plastic tape. And when my labels run out for mailing, I have compostable ones um, that I'll be using. So I'm trying to make everything as sustainable as possible. You know, like when you're, when you're mailing things out, because like I sell everything online pretty much, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of waste that can come from them. And yep. for my string in my packaging, I don't tie it in a knot. So if somebody wants to reuse my string, they can reuse my string <laughs> yes. to make it a little easier. You also advocate for the ocean with your art as well. Yes. Correct? Um, yeah. Like for, for example, with my, all my kelp pieces, I donate to sea trees, which is, they do a lot of kelp restoration. They do like mangrove restoration. 
and stuff like that. So um, that's really important to me. When I found sea trees, I was like, I'm donating to them because (laughs) they help with kelp. (laughs) Yeah, I love sea trees. They're a fantastic organization for sure. Is there anything you would like to add to either advice for artists or, you know, people who love the ocean and want to help? ideas for people who might live by the ocean, not live by the ocean, or how they can be good stewards of an area that they are in, pulling from your marine background? Well, this year, my daughter and I made a resolution to use less, a lot less plastic. So like she was, she likes her like yogurt tubes. And she's like, no, mommy, I'm going to get the yogurt tub because we can recycle the plastic. Um, And so um, we see a lot of plastic on the beach. You know, we see a lot of trash and it's mostly like Mm -hmm. bags of trash. Every time I go to the beach, like I have reusable bag that I keep, you know, for when I go shopping or whenever. And I actually use it at the beach too. I just pull it out. What is it? Like, um, I forget what they're called. But, you know, they come out of a little pouch. And we, we pick up the trash. And it's almost always like sandwich baggies, like those kinds of things. Mm. Um, and so I would encourage people, like, find ways to use less plastic. Plastic, you know, like, it, don't get the yogurt tubes. Get the yogurt tub and reuse it. You know, like, you can use just like those little things. Because if, if you have kids or something, you know. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways that you can reduce the amount of plastic you use. So that's just like one little tiny thing. And because you don't know where it's going to end up after you're done using it. And we see it at the beach all the time. And my husband's a marine biologist and he sees it on like floating around in the water. And I think, I don't remember the entire quote and I'm probably going to say it wrong, but the world doesn't need like everybody doing it hundred percent. No, it doesn't need a few people doing it like hundred percent. It needs everybody doing just the best they can. You know, like yes. just a little bit helps from everybody. You know, we can't all be like vegan composter, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like off the grid, yeah. like everything, you know, like not everybody can be like environmentally perfect, but we can all be mm-hmm. as perfect as we can. Corey, thank you so much for spending your morning with me today. I truly appreciate it. If you want to follow Corey, you can find her at Ebb and Flow Glass on Instagram or her website, ebbandflowglass.com. Highly recommend checking her out and being inspired by her absolutely gorgeous art pieces. And if you really need a Mother's Day gift, I can attest, 10 out of 10, mothers love Corey's work. As we approach season two, coming up very, very soon, we are focusing on one of my favorite things in the entire world, the ocean, of course. I have a host of fascinating and knowledgeable guests lined up, and of course, I'll be diving into the sole benefactor of this year's Art Profits, the Roatan Marine Park. From deep sea exploration to sharks, I hope these next few months pique your curiosity and inspire you to dig a little deeper. Stay tuned, and I will see you very soon.